Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast by the host or the guest do not necessarily reflect the views of Paranormal Buzz Radio or its sponsors. Use of any material produced by Paranormal Buzz Radio without express written consent is strictly prohibited. For information on everything Paranormal Buzz Radio has to offer, visit our website, paranormalbuzzradio.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Phantom Science, the podcast, where we discuss how to prove it's not just all in your head. Does the paranormal exist? If it does, how does it work? And how do we gather solid indications and data? During this podcast, we will be discussing things that many people may hold near and dear to themselves. If you feel offended at any point, just take a deep breath and think about the thing that offended you. Because we will be playing the role of the recently declawed Office of Devil's Advocate. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And thank you very much for listening. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Phantom Science. And tonight we are going to be talking about... um, Poltergeists. And poltergeists, for those who don't know, are basically what the word means, which is noisy spirit or rumble spirit. Um, They're the actual in-your-face kind of things. They move things, they knock, they pinch, they bite, they go bump in the night. And uh, honestly, they are the gold standard of what we're trying to find. Um, You walk in somewhere with an active poltergeist and you find it and you see it. I mean, that's gold. Um, so, we thought we'd dig into it a little bit and, uh, you know, see what comes out the other end. <laughs> and so, let's go, let's go around the table. Shane, how you been, sir? Oh, it's been crazy busy here in, uh, the great north of Michigan. And, uh, I don't know, just, it's, everything's been happening at the same time. But, hey, I made it in time for the podcast, so there we go. <laughs> I know how that is. That's kind of how my week's been. I just got hit. I tried to take kind of a slower week and prep for Thanksgiving (laughs) and things, and then boom, the phone started going off. Everything. (laughs) What about you, John? Uh, Actually, mine's been a middling week. Not too tough, not too lazy. It's kind of like the Goldilocks zone of weeks. So, yeah, I've had a good week. Um, Although we, we are prepping, we're going to Malvern Manor. 
this week. So, um, never been. Heard lots of stories about it. So, um, we'll see. Um, I'll be honest with you. A lot of it sounds like hype. But I'm trying not to prejudge it. I haven't heard that much about it. Uh, I've heard some of the same things you have, but even even less because I, I don't really know much about it. And I decided not to do too much on the history. Um, I don't even know for sure. Do you know if someone's going to be there when we go? Do they, do they do like a tour and that kind of stuff? Um, I don't know. I thought about right. having them write some stuff at the back of the book. That's saying we got thing. background noise. I'm not hearing it. Uh-oh. Not through mine. Shane, are you hearing background noise? Nope, sounds clear to me. Mm. Well, if it's really bad, let us know, Matt. But none of our settings have changed. Unless the Spreaker playing silly buggers again. Could it be that never happens. activity? <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Oh, there's one thing. Hang on a minute. Oh, okay. Right back. Wait a minute. We may have found the source. Debunk. Debunk! Oh, was it? I'm so used to it that I don't hear it. You push that button. Alrighty. Engine loop's over. So, getting back. (laughs) Poltergeist. The things that make background noises. (laughs) <laughs> um, they've been going on for, well, pretty much as long as ghost stories have been. In fact, like, as I said, you know, that that's the gold mark of, you know, ghost stories, basically. So, um, Shane, give us, give us an overview. Yeah. What do you think? Well, um, I think I'm going to go towards many of the poltergeists are uh, psychokinesis of, you know, adolescent females and or, you know, other <clears throat> children of, you know, with a lot of uh, anger, raging hormones and other issues that are causing the poltergeist activity without maybe even knowing it. <clears throat> and uh, so that seems to be, I guess, kind of at least the, the leading theory among the academia world. Um, I don't know if it's so much that amongst the, uh, uh, you know, the the paranormal world. Uh, the other thing could be, of course, you know, full-on demonic kind of things. But I guess I could let you uh, give your opinion on those. <laughs> you already know what it is. That's kind of trouble. That's why I like being a part of this show. I, I completely agree with you, Shane. I mean, that's like there's two approaches to it. There's a scientific approach where. Basically, you can uh, you try to explain everything away of what it could be, or, or overactive imagination, things that could naturally occur. But then the other end, like with the demons and whatnot, you start reaching into religious points of view. And that's a little scary. Well, I mean, there's actually been some quite serious work done on um, quite a few cases of poltergeists. And um, one big theory was that, in in some of them anyway, was that there were underground streams slash rivers under the house, or <clears throat> which caused vibrations, noises, and things to fall over, 
One was found to be the, a chimney cap had come off and the downdraft on the chimney was so strong it would actually move chairs and tip them over and, you know, lift pictures off the wall in that room. So, you know, the haunted room poltergeist was really a chimney downdraft. Now, personally, I don't think all of them are, but I think the amount of them that have been... Some of them are just out, outright fakery. Um, there are a number of cases where, you know, it's always kids that are involved, but the kids were actually just seeking attention. So, you know, they were throwing stuff where no one was, could see that they were throwing them and, and things like that and explaining all kinds of things going on. So, um, the big case on that that pops to mind is the Enfield uh, haunting, which, you know, whatever you believe about that, I mean, I still haven't 100% made up my mind. But she did admit later in life that she was making it all up. So, <clears throat> which then got later got recanted because hey, there's money in it. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So, so as far as the uh, the water movement from the underground, you know, underground water. Guy Lambert was the one that kind of started that, and like. I don't know, early 50s maybe, mm -hmm. and then some other researchers, uh, Tony, Tony Cornell and Alan Gould, yeah. uh, actually did a test with that where they uh, shook they, the house. They, they, yeah, fake house. They shook the house and they said, well, um, basically, if it was enough to you know throw the stuff on the floor from the shelf, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, the house would have pretty much collapsed. So, yeah. You know, and of course they also did some seismic activity testing. Uh, a guy, uh, Michael Persinger, did some of that. So, I don't, I mean, I, I'm going to say that that part is probably bump. At least, definitely, the water part. Maybe not the seismic activity. Um, uh, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, you know, I threw that in there. Um, and it hasn't really... Uh, in detail explained any poltergeist case that I could find doing my research. I know that it was a big idea back then and they threw it out there and because they say well it's definitely not a poltergeist because we don't believe in them so it must be this, that's a good idea and then it got slapped on there and done. So um, yeah I, I'm, I, I don't think that you know the, the underground river system rats in the sewer thing you know, really covers many of them, if any. Now, to say that it's not possible at all, I, I do think that there's a lot of random natural occurrences over prolonged periods of time that could get stronger. You know, like when you find things like chimney, you know, needing repair and having a strong current, strong enough to blow something off of the wall. Or, you know, so debunking kind of has its purpose, but those things, I could see them happening, but... That would be one-offs to me, don't you think? I, mean, I, don't, I don't see that causing multiple things enough to where someone would start saying this is demonic activity. Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't know. I think I'd be stretching it. Yeah, and, I, and once again, I don't think any of the explanations slash debunks cover every single case cause, because then this is a basic rule with most ghost hunting slash paranormal is that there is too much anecdotal evidence through history 
that every single one of them gets cut. You know, you know, there's just too much of it. So, do I think it's a one percenter thing? Yeah, I do. I think you know, I I, I go in there. I, I was going to use the word extreme skepticism. Maybe that's a bit harsh, but I, I it's one of those things. I'll believe it when I see it. You know. If I go in and they say, oh, stuff's flying off the wall sometimes, but yeah. you could camp out there for a month and it never happened while you were there. So, <coughs> excuse me, you know, which, which happens way too much because I really want to catch something like that on camera. You know, but, you know what would you do? What would I do? You know, I, I would make sure I caught it on camera and then back up that file about a hundred times so it didn't accidentally get lost. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah, after that I'd leave pretty quick. Maybe. I don't know. We see. Right, see that's if the thing for me is if it yeah, was I don't a think I would leave. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'd leave it. just to, to calm my brain down and catch my breath. Exactly. Like I think you have a responsibility yeah. to kinda of like, okay, get your stuff together and then go reapproach it just to confirm. Because if it was some of that one off natural current type stuff that you need to get in there. You know what I mean? You can't just write the first instant off. What if it was just a leany shelf or a crumbling book or something like that? Well, there's a reason, you know? And, and, and yeah. later on, you're going through the footage and you see, oh, well, the floor was kind of shaking near those potholes or whatever it was. Yeah, but that's what we talked about last week when we were talking about personal experiences. When you have a personal experience and you're in the moment, you know, it's great. But then a lot of my, at least me personally, when I think about the personal experiences I've had in the light of day, a few days removed from it, then my brain starts kicking in, and number two, so it starts pulling me back. Going, wait a minute, you know that's what I mean. You know, it, it's yeah. If I saw a book fly across the room, it'd be great in the moment, and that's what I said. And I probably would leave, and then I'd sit and I'd think about it. And I'd go, <laughs> Let's go back and look at that bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting in there, and all of a sudden, the sensor board goes flying across the room. Hey, that me money, <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like checking those gyro readings. Like, oh, man. Yeah. That would be so insane. Wouldn't it? So, I, I don't know. I mean, some of the bigger cases, I, I, I am naturally averse to, you know, the big cases. For example, the Enfield. Um, also, the Amateurville was listed in, in a list of ones that I was looking yeah, at. Yeah, like, the that's it, the Thornton Heath one. So, you know, the bigger cases, I kind of, because that's where, you know, the stories start growing. And then, you know, even if there is a kernel of truth in there, you know, find it now. You know, pain in the butt. So, it's, you know, once, like, newspapers, TV, book writers, film, Hollywood, all those things like that get involved, you know, then suddenly they decide that they've got artistic license. You know, and then, and then you get the based on true events, and then it's like, this isn't, you know, no. so, you know, if you're looking for the actual real thing, so. Well, and then at the end of the day, too, you know, we're going off of the theme of who says it's a poltergeist? I mean, if we are somewhere and something does fall or a book goes across the room or whatever, is it automatically a demon? Well, poltergeists aren't necessarily demons. Or is it, or is, yeah, but is it hurtful? Is it just trying to get attention? Because that, that, that word poltergeist is kind of instantly linked to demons where people's heads go. So is it something evil? Or is it just something trying to get attention? 
Some people think that poltergeist latches to a person, not really the place. Something well, that happens because it seems that a lot of times families with, you know, teenage kids, everywhere they move, they have the same problem. And then that's, you know, a good reason why a lot of times they're, they're leaning toward the psychokinesis thing. It's like, okay, well, it moved because the kid moved with the family. I'd be putting my kid up for adoption. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Keep freaking things. Go. <laughs> no, dude. That's the kid that you need to get into the re- into the university to uh, have them, you know, get into the research center so they can uh, get true. some good data. You get out paying for college that way. Like a lab <laughs> You're going to college. Really? Oh, yeah, but not yeah, for the reason free. you think. You're going to college for free. <laughs> Just don't like a lab rat. <laughs> yeah. They might stick some needles in you. That's fine. Think of the money yeah, you're saving. Yeah, the helmet you got to wear, but no big deal. You could be rich beyond your wildest dreams if you can so, prove it's true. So if my daughter yep. developed some some uh, you know special abilities. All right, honey, uh, we're gonna see you later. It's been a good 13 years. I love you, but uh, you have a high purpose. <laughs> yeah. We are venom. basically the next step in poltergeist law and that's kind of a modern thing now is that it's you know um, psychokinetic activity uncontrolled psychokinetic activity and, and as Shane pointed out usually linked to an adolescent and more often than not girls although and I can't remember the name of the case there was that case of the boy that would make water globes appear and just splash on everything he would just produce water in the house. That's a new one. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, I'll, I will look that up and link it on, on our Facebook page. Um, but, you know, and once again, though, even if it's psychokinetic, that's still paranormal. I mean, that's still Correct. in the realms of paranormal. It's a, it's a different division. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like, well, send it upstairs. That's not our department, you know. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> but it, here's the thing. I guess the thing with why I'm so keen on going somewhere where I can actually convince myself that this is a poltergeist activity, because my argument has always been if a ghost is going to um, interact, it has to use the laws of physics. And because most hauntings are extremely subtle, 
you know, you have to look really hard and measure everything, and you, you know, it's hard. Now, if you get poltergeist activity on a somewhat regular basis, I mean, it's going to be easier to, I think, maybe register, record how that interaction is happening, and 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 then start pulling on that thread a little harder than than we can do with, you know, the indirect hauntings of, you know, things. Or am I just whistling in the dark? No, I'm kind of having to think no. about it. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's what I'm, I'm contemplating. Yeah, that, uh, that was deep. Oh, sorry. I guess the other the other part of it is that we kind of have to do due diligence to is if, quote, ghosts are the cause of this, you know, poltergeist activity, you know, like we have to look at, okay, what kind of energy do they... Or, you know, can they move physical objects? How would they do it? What's the science behind them moving them? You know, that kind of stuff, too. So, you know, aside from the psychokinesis, if we want to do the other paranormal part, we kind of have to include that, and that kind of goes along with what you were talking about, so... Yeah, but, I mean, if, if we could actually be in front of a case that was doing it, I mean, it wouldn't really matter if it was a ghost or a telekinetic... Sure. I mean, I'd be wanting to measure the force that's actually, you know, given us that result of, and it's always, you know, we're going to keep using the book flying across the room or whatever, you know. Yeah. Ghosts don't like books or something. Who knows? But, you know, at, at least then we could, you know, have a chance of measuring a stronger force instead of trying to pick up on these little nuances and, and, and things like that that we're trying to do at the moment. Now, well, which then begs the question, do we have the right equipment? to do that, you know. Well, and the, the sad part about that is we can't know without kind of jumping in. I mean, we could start trying to seek that stuff out. I mean, as of right now... Well, we do. Uh, no, as of right now, we don't really... I mean, we go places and we look and, you know, we have our objectivity and whatnot, but, I mean, we don't actually call out to people and say, hey, do you have this kind of activity going on here? We are let us in your house. You know, no, do you know what kind of calls you'd get? I know, but that's the reason why we don't do it. The, the only way you're going to go flying into it, other than running into it somewhere that's you know, more popular, is by taking those calls, and no one wants to take those calls. Yeah. Well, we can if you're the one on the end of the phone, no. the initial call. No. Yeah. There has to be some kind of filtration <laughs> system. I mean, how many calls have we gotten where someone wasn't really interested, and then we start talking about, okay, times and dates, and when does it happen, and can we set up cameras, and then you never get a call back? Well, we've had a call of someone really in distress, and then when we called them back, they wouldn't pick up the phone ever again. I've personally had so, over a handful of those just on my own from, from friends and family and people who know I'm a part of a, a, a group. I, I've had a lady tell me that her kid gets scratched and all this and that, but as soon as I started talking about, okay, when, how many times, can you start writing some things down, then it goes away or nothing comes up. Because, and I think this is just me, I didn't attack it with the, let's go say to the home, or you know, you may need to do that kind of stuff. I don't know. Well, it could, it could be like, you know, the Maggie and Katie Fox. Those two were those sisters that became famous for all their poltergeist activity, and then, you know, after a little bit of deeper investigation, uh, they pretty much figured out that they were just all faking stuff. Uh, that, 
So it's like, you know, maybe these people were looking for some kind of sensation, call up the ghost hunter, see if we can get them over to do whatever, you know. And then when you started asking hard questions, they're like, ooh, well, maybe we don't want them looking that deep. Let's move on. These aren't the kind of ghost hunters we want. Yeah, these are not the ghost hunters. These are not the kind of chaps we were imagining. So, yeah. Yeah. And and that's true. I mean, that's the only reason. We can't all be TV hunter ghost hunters. Now, how long have you had this bear? I think it's got 52 demons in it. One of his eyes is missing. Um... Well, see, and that starts going into kind of... I just want to touch that a little bit, but that... that oh, the bear? Touch, touch <laughs> yeah. the bear. Oh, my God. Show no, me on the bear uh, where the ghost touch. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> the, uh, the mental aspect of it, like you said, you know, um, where, where it can be kind of attention-seeking for some people. Like that's, that's really hard to wait through. Well, the other thing, and, and I was... I, I did a long read on animalistic psychology, and it, and it stuck with me for a long time so I suggest anybody that, that does this stuff you know take a take a deep delve into animalistic psychology not animals I mean and a normalistic so and it is and, and another big thing is you will find people that have things going on that they are not in control of some people are just not in control of their lives I mean you know I'm not dissing anybody but it's a, a fact there are people out there that have absolutely no control over their lives whatsoever and once they have no control then they feel that something else must have control of it and it's not a big leap after that to say well you know there's something in my house because ever since I lived here bad things have happened to me you know well, you know that, that might you know it, if you if you remove the responsibility of how you are from yourself then it has to go to something else and if there's nothing else there then hey you know this invisible friend type kind of thing yeah, no, that's, that's a huge and that's psychology part, yeah and that's you know and that's the kind of thing where personally that's not what I'm after I, I, I don't you know as much as these people need some kind of help uh, it's not the kind of help we can give them so and I, I'd rather stay away from that but that's just me personally what do you think, Shane? We kind of get yeah, away from poltergeist at this. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty touchy topic as far as, you know, how do you handle the residential kind of cases? I mean, you know, I mean, sure, if I was in a, you know, public museum or whatever after hours and, you know, artifacts start spinning around in their cabinets and stuff, that would be a thing. But, you know, when you're dealing with home individuals and, people that might be truly frightened or kids that might be scared you know and then of course the chances of prank pranks by those set teenagers it's just it's it's a very place you got to tread lightly yeah. very carefully but, but I, I you think, can get yourself in a deep spot i think i think nico had a good point though i mean maybe that's where we're going to find those you know once in our lifetime cases you know Sure, I'm sure, but it's just, you know, it's, it's just that you have to do it in such a careful way as to not destroy a family if you do find something, or, or, and or, also, or get, you know, get hoaxed if you're not taking careful enough readings and careful enough investigation. Okay, so someone, you, know, you don't get have someone to see the fish line going across the shelf and things like that, you know. <laughs> or, or you end up locked up in a shed in someone's backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. You can, yeah, you can smell the gasoline. 
work early. I hope it's gasoline. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Sorry. Hey, it's a warning, explicit warning was at the beginning of this episode. I'm sorry. I can't control myself sometimes. <laughs> Made me laugh though. Anyway, the, I think, I mean, if I think what you, what I would be more comfortable with, if we had someone on the team that was more, like you said, a field or a buffer, that understood, was like maybe a, I don't know, a psychology major or at least getting there that understood psychology that could go okay yeah they could literally kind of instantly evaluate I mean instantly know but at least have a better feeling of, you know and not be scared to say nah. kind of kind of like for me in computers I know you'll agree but when people are talking to me over the phone because of my years of experience I can start instantly getting like the top three things that I know it's going to be usually. yeah so you know and you, yeah. t- you kind of you can pick them out usually pretty so, I have a question here. Uh, well, we've got a question here. I know, but I mean, you know I mean, what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, people don't fill them in either. I mean, I mean we've been to private ones, and you give them the questionnaire, and they just don't want to fill it in. It's like too much work. It's like, well, you're not that bothered then, are you? You know, <laughs> you know so. But that goes so deep into everything. I mean, okay, so I know it kind of feels like we're straying away from poltergeist, but this, this is all, like, sub subjects in it of what you deal with, because... People don't want to do the paperwork, and they, they expect something else on the other end. They think you're going to do something else about it, or like show up with holy water, things like that. And I'm not trying to drag on anybody, but that's tough. You know, you know it always reminds you that when we get <laughs> when we get a, a private call, though, there's actually in the film Poltergeist. I always get that those when those investigators go around and the guys explain, we filmed a car, it moved four centimeters over two weeks, unexplained, they open the door and there's things just flying around in the room. <laughs> I mean, I always think of that guy, well, we've kind of done this thing before. Oh, Jesus, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, but that's the kind of thing, I, you know, that's the once in a lifetime thing, you know, where something like that happens and you're, you're just okay, you know. So, but I, the problem... I find the longer I do this, personally, and once again, this is just my personal thing too, um, is it's harder for me to, you know, give the benefit of the doubt that I used to give. So, you know, that that's that's tough. That, that I don't know if that stops me being objective or if it just saves me a lot of time. You know, but uh, I think it's it's the same thing as the better our board sensors get and the better our video and the better the equipment we get the less and less stuff we seem to get yeah you know i think it's the same thing it's just that's the electromechanical part of it versus the you know mental part of it well and and also you know you'll get stories of what does go on and you'll go there and you'll camp out for the weekend or whatever and they say it happens all the time and then it never happens when you're there so you're like well and you know, and then then there's the easy brush off excuse. Well, it knows you're here, and it's not doing it. And I mean that to me, that's a sacred argument. You know, so so I could camp out for a month, and it's not going to do it. So why am I even here? You know. Yeah, that's that is an issue. I mean, the place I went just a while ago, you know, it was supposed to be one of the most haunted places in all of America. And, you know, I so far I have not found anything on a sensor board that wasn't explainable by human presence of some type or you know some object next to the board or something so yeah and it, it's you know which is why to me poltergeist is you know that's the one we want to get is 
face, you know, there, you know, and if it's a real one, it's not a prank or whatever, to me, that's the one that, that's the once in a lifetime. Uh, if Maybe like that's that. one we need to do a, a different technique. Maybe we need to do the, a single video camera with a good microphone and a pad of paper and a pencil and a lot of quiet time. Yeah, low equipment. And almost no equipment. Yeah, just literally a camera on a tripod. You're sitting in a comfy chair. You got, you know, some munchies. And you're, you know, a reasonably, you know, lit room so you can see pretty good. And just quiet. Maybe, you know, six hours of quiet. Five hours, you know, something. There's an argument the other way, too, which we don't really do this. And I don't really see myself ever doing it unless it was for test purposes. But there's, there's the other way to it of provoking, you know, trying to get it angry enough. You know, I mean, anger is energy. Trying to get it mad enough to do something, you know. But I've never saw too much of a point that I don't like it myself. Yeah, like, that's just me. a little bit rough. I don't see how that would work. Me either. I mean, in the sense of trying, you know, if, you know, I don't like it though. I don't. Honestly, I've never really tried the actual provoking. I just, I just figured to be rude because, yeah, you know, if it is a spirit, I wouldn't want. And if I was that spirit, I wouldn't want somebody coming in there and be like, "Hey, I'm challenging you to do this," blah blah, or you know. Which we kind of do in a roundabout way. It's like, can you set this off? Can you, you know... Yeah, but asking something to, to come play around with some toy or, or board or sensor or whatever is a little different than calling them every name in the book and screaming at them and, you know, having some kind of tantrum, trying to get them to be upset yeah. and do something. I mean, I guess maybe it'd be worth a try once, but if we got the surprise that it actually was something... It might be more than you anticipated. Well, and two, do you, you know, you don't know what's on the other end. You kind of just cover that, but, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really give you much. I mean, yeah, you upset something, so now is that going to be your new go-to because it's something that you want? You know, okay, I'm going to start screaming at things. I don't know what I'm screaming at. Are they demons? Are they people? Are they whatever? You They're know. not demons. Okay. Yeah, and then come to the fight Something gonna come yeah, on this guy was walking around this empty building screaming. Yeah. Yeah. People in the white coats got you. I got Tourette's. I'm sorry. That's what you, know, you do. Just have someone with Tourette's on your team. Just have them walk around the building and see if they can pick up more than you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good natural way to handle that. I like yeah. that. That was a good idea. Like, you don't feel bad about it, but it's still happening. There you go. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, so, getting back to poltergeist, the reason, or the suspected reason, poltergeists want to grab the attention. They want, for whatever reason, they, they, they want the attention. They're either, they're unhappy about something, or, you know, they just want attention. So, you know, you shouldn't have to provoke, at least in that case, you know, and a poltergeist to happen. It, it should be doing it naturally, because that's the nature of the beast, basically, is a poltergeist grabs attention, that's why it's doing that stuff. So, I guess, you know, if you're provoking, and it's not a poltergeist, it's probably not going to do anything, because annoying people, I just shut them off and bugger off and go somewhere else, you know. So, you know, I, I, I've never seen... 
cousins. Yeah, you're right. It's rude. If they are intelligent, you know, why be rude to them? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, why should they care? Honestly, they're dead. I've even openly explained what we're doing and why. To I don't know if something's there or not, but if I think something is, I'll say something like, "Hey, I know we're asking you to do this multiple times, but it's to prove that our equipment isn't."
wonder if there's, you know, even if you're not thinking ghost, you think, if I got an animal in the room, keeps knocking stuff off my dresser, or, you know, I don't own a cat, at least, you know. So, that, you'd think, going by the numbers, because something in your face like that would be recognized a lot more than, you know, stuff that's very subtle that we get a lot of reports of. Well, that's pretty much the same thing that Ben Radford was talking about. He's like, you know, with all the high-quality cameras and phones and, you know, all this high-quality technology that everybody has in everybody's pocket, why don't we have high-def video of this stuff happening? You know, he's pretty clear about that. He's like... From from a set piece, I, I can't remember what it was now. There, there was something when I was on a ghost hunt, and I had my camera and everything, and it's a good camera, and I thought, all right, we're going to catch some good stuff. Oh, I know what it was. It was, uh, I think, when the the um, ghost feeders went off. And sure. because it happened so quickly, if you haven't got a set piece where it happens, because it happened so quickly, my video of that happening is crap. Because I just grabbed yeah. a little tiny hand cam I had, tried to get it going as quick, so it wasn't over by the time I had it up and going. So I can kind of see, you know, where the, you know, if you're in the woods. Yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm a fan of having the videos run mm -hmm. continuously. Like if my board is physically on, there's a wide angle camera seeing the entire room with it. Yep. And, and so, you know, because without that, any data you're taking, you have no idea what it was. I mean, did somebody walk by and bump the thing? Mm -hmm. Did they have static in their bodies? I mean, so you have to do not try to see something and pick up a camera and take a picture but literally have the video just I mean like the entire investigation just playing or you know recording which is why if there was an area that had poltergeist activity I would have that place decked out with cameras security cameras running oh yeah, oh yeah you know I mean that's you, you know and which is the next question is there's a lot of places that do have video cameras running 24-7 do they pick up poltergeist stuff? You know, you see Not someone... Yeah, you know, so once again, we go back to the how many are there really out there? You know, if you take away the, you know, people seeking attention, the pranksters, the, the, the urban legend myth stuff, taking all those away, you know, and we get back to the Tony Cornell one percenter kind of thing. And now I'm not going to rule out that one percent because, you know, that that's materialistic science does that a lot well you know we've disproved so many of them therefore we don't think they exist well you know to me that's you know I, I get why they take that stance otherwise they'd be looking forever or whatever it is they were looking at but you know on, on this particular thing I'm like, there's too much anecdotal evidence you know to yeah. write off every single one of them and, and in fact uh, uh, what was it um oh What's the big psychiatrist magazine? The big one, peer-reviewed stuff. Skeptical Inquirer? No, it's actual four psychiatrists. I can't remember. It's oh, like okay. American Psychiatrist or something like that. They actually published, and, and, and nobody knows how this got under, under the radar, but they actually published a thing on ghosts where, you know, statistically there are enough stories for credible witnesses um, for it to be a thing, if and it, it's the statistics are higher than lots of other things that they've looked into and said are real, but because it's ghosts, you know, that's a no-no. Nobody will say they're real. So, you know, 
Um, that's pretty cool. I did not know that. Yep. And I'll try and find that as well. That'd I'll be a great one. That one yeah. Remind me when we're yeah, doing the because I'll forget. So I will, I will find that. Um, I'm pretty sure I posted it a long time ago, but I'll post it again. But to me, I mean, poltergeists are the gold standard. They're the, the one that I want to find one day. And just because they're, they're in your face, you know, I don't have to look at data and see, oh look, there was a little spike there, let's go see what that was about, you know, it's going to be, bloody hell, the chair just flew across the room, you know, so, yeah, you know. and I would hope that that would show up, a force, <coughs> yeah, a, a force strong enough to move an object physically should just about flatline or like completely peg every sensor on the board just about yeah. i mean it might even crash the thing it'd be so strong well and the funny part is the stuff that we've had happen or that we think have had happen like uh some of the videos uh where we thought we saw the charm moving and things like that that was pretty sensor board you know so many times you wish you could go back and go oh we only yeah, had it then there's so many investigations i'd like to do over again yeah but if you do, you're not going to have the same thing happen. That's that's of course. That's the annoying part. That's called Murphy. That's Murphy's problem. <laughs> yeah, it is. The better the sensors you have, the less crap is going to happen. Well, yeah, or the sensors are proven that nothing's happening. You know. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> that's the sad part of it. So. Well, but, it's still fun to go through the data, even if you oh, it don't is. get them. I'm not, I'm not found stuff that I can't explain. I'm like, what? You know, I can't think of anything that would cause that. And to me, it's, it's you know, we, we've talked about this before. So a lot of the spikes, you can say, okay, those happen in a natural environment. But when I get too many correlations of a certain thing spiking and then going and looking at that place, and right there is where something weird happens. You know, then I'm like, ah, well, I got a correlation at least. You know, yes, the spike could have been natural and the weird thing could have been a weird thing. But now I've, I've, I've got these two lining up, and not only have I got those lining up, I've had those line up before, you know, and, and that's where I start going, okay, you know, that's... <laughs> then yeah. comes the why. You well, know, why yeah. Why is yeah. happening? What is the purpose of that? You we know? don't have enough of them yet, I guess. Yeah. That's why we keep doing it, but, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying with the porter guys, I wouldn't need to do that. I just have a video of a chair flying across the room with someone going, <laughs> Jesus, what's that? <laughs> You know, and then check there's not a chimney with a downdraft after that. Yeah, well, if you got a downdraft that's moving chairs, you got problems. Yeah. Saying. I mean, so. there's so much that goes into it because if you, yeah, you have to check for that stuff. But then, too, if it, what if it is linked to a person? So you're checking out a person's home and they're staying in a hotel for two, three nights and you get nothing because the person's not there. So let's. Dave's just written, some recent parapsychological publications are saying that there may not be different between poltergeists and haunts. Besides, besides one is place-centered and one is person-centered. They may just be part of the spectrum of the same phenomena. Interesting reading. James Horan has done some mathematically modeling, look, mathematically modeling, looking at the probabilistic hierarchy of the events. And... I get, I guess in my mind, see, this is why I don't like, you know, parapsychology always putting things in pigeonholes, you know, oh, that's a shadow person, they're different from, you know, this thing, or oh, there's that thing, you know, and they, 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 they pigeonhole everything, 
I, I guess to me, my idea of a poltergeist is physically getting attention, in your face stuff, you know, throwing things. And up to now, I, I think, you know, you're right, because all the ones that, when I did my research, were person-centered, you know. Um, that being said, though, I mean, what is, when you, when you go, when you go to a place where doors slam shut, and, and it's an empty building, you know, that's still symptomatically poltergeist activity, even though there's no Correct. person there. And so to throw it out there, we've personally had that and have some kind of proof of it at where we were all out of the building and we can hear, caught on recording, a door shutting, but no one in the building. Yep. And a picture. So to me, is that something else? Is it? But I, I, but I, I guess what I'm trying to get across, I mean, this, once again, it's just me personally, is, you know, I, it's hard when you, when you, when you stick labels on things, especially something you haven't proved, you know, and you stick a label and say, that's like that, that's this thing, we know that now, but we don't, because we don't even know they exist, so, you know, I, I guess, you know, to me, the term poltergeist, I take it literally, loud spirit, you know, so... If it's doing in-your-face stuff like slamming doors, throwing books, and stuff, um, yeah. so you know, I, I well, yeah. for me, it, it comes back to the why of it too. I mean, so why you? Why that instance? What is it trying to communicate? Plus, to put yourself in their shoes. Maybe just open the door. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> if you put yourself in their shoes. Is it, it has to be, it doesn't have to be, I shouldn't use that, but is it just something for them, like you just mentioned, just opening a door, or just feeling like a part of this existence again, being able to move a book, or interact, or get that attention, or are they actually trying to get your attention for a reason, but okay, what can they communicate with that? I've always had problems with that, because if, if they can, it's the old... The old saying, if they can, you know, if they can open a door and throw a book, they can pick up a pen and write it down. Exactly. You know, so... Yeah, and I don't think there's been any, any circumstances where the pen is written by itself without some human touching it. Exactly. So the force to move a door is more, you know, to slam a door or, or move something across the room is more than... Or even, you know, pushing keys on a keyboard. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay, so let's say it's an 1800 ghost. He doesn't know how to use a keyboard. But... That's, you're saying he's stupid because kids watch someone use a keyboard. Well, and they had typewriters in the 1800s. Yeah, I mean, just if you observe someone using the keyboard for 10 seconds, you know exactly what it is and why, why it is, you know. See, it's such a conundrum to me, and that's why I think, you know, it can be a little bit of everything. I don't think there's any particular situation. I don't think it's only ghosts. I think sometimes it could be some type of a time lapse or something like that going on. Because echo. Why? Echo. Oh, echo. An echo. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's that. There, there is a big theory that you know, um, you know, hauntings are echoes in time. You know, and then they say, well, limestone um, records it very well. There's those people that say, well, it's a limestone building, therefore, you know, a chance of it being haunting is more. Which I'm like, okay, well, what's that based on? I mean, it's a nice idea. Yeah, show me the quantum physics. Yeah, that. I mean, what's that based on? I mean, it's a good idea. Well, what that tells me is that, you know, moving doors, pinching, scratching, levitating, or, or you know, moving objects, that's got to be hard, or it would be happening way more often. So 
if it is harder to do, or if it's using more energy, or if it's like whatever that is, why? Well, other than to to get your attention. Yeah. Well, but if it's hard to do, there's, there's got to be a reason. You don't just go and do things. Well, some of the I mean, some of the poltergeist cases. And, and sorry, because I don't hold details too well in my head as far as names and places and stuff. I should make notes, but I don't. Um, for example, one started when they move furniture around. And, you know, as soon as they put the furniture back, it stopped. So, okay, the idea is as it goes there, like where the furniture was, and made, made it known that it didn't like the furniture was moving. There's a couple other cases like that where there was a change. And as soon as that change happened, that's when activity started. Now, again, you could also put that on, you know, if you've got an adolescent child and there's a change, that's when it starts, like a new school or they move town to a new town or, you know, stuff like that, or even just some silly little change that sets someone off, you know, I, I guess. So, you know, I... For me, more interesting is how does it work more, you know, then I'll figure out the source from there once we can figure yeah. out what, you know, what's actually going on here, and then, well, then we can look at where, where is it coming from, because we know what we're yeah. looking for, you know. I think I would still lean more to the psychokinesis thing. I mean, you know, they have done, you know, reasonable university studies, you know, with controlled, controlled things, uh, with random number generators, etc., like that, and have gotten deviation from random. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously the, it, it appears that the mind can do something. So if it can mess with a piece of electronics, you know, if you got upset enough or but emotional this, enough, maybe it can do. But I don't I, know, the, the, I, I, the whole echoes thing, probably I would discount. I, I mean, right. I agree. I mean, and, and on your... Behest, I looked at some of those, you know, changing um, random, uh, random number. There's also a couple of cases where people could make fruit machines pay out back in the day. You know, and they, they double check the fruit machines and everything, and, you know, they could make them pay out. But there's a big difference between slightly altering electric current in a circuit to, to get a favorable result, and, you know, as to how much power do you need to slam a door or throw something. You know, yeah, I mean, but I, I would bet that when they were thinking about that in their university room and thinking about the box, they weren't enraged like a you know a teenager with raging hormones and upset at the world. I mean, the amount of energy might be different. I mean, it's just a theory. The the other thing is, well, <laughs> actually, I read this in a Terry Terry Pratchett book, and it stuck with me because it, it I was like, so. If you if you are using the brain to lift something, there's like a fulcrum effect, you know, and then the, the leverage would like you know spoon the brain out of the top of your head. Some of these things are heavy, so you know, so how does that work? You know, how do you how do you counter that? Is it is it direct? You know, I I don't know. And there's every time you come, I guess every time we come up with with an idea, there's like 15 other questions that go along with it that I didn't have, you know, that weren't there before. Well, I, I just kind of had an interesting thought, and I'm kind of interested to hear what you guys think about it, but what if that stuff, you know, like you're talking about, Shane, you know, altering things randomly, what if that's not aimed? What if that energy or that purpose accumulates randomly, and it just, 
What's the word I'm looking for? Discharges? Yeah, what if it just discharges in random locations or events and it just happens to be someone is there, something's happened, you know, that. It, should, it could be. I mean, well, you know. and, and, and a lot of times, like, when they were trying to influence a random number generator, if they were concentrating on it specifically, it wouldn't deviate. But then as soon as they were distracted with something else, when they were still present, they would get the deviations. So that's sometimes it's more like possible. a subconscious thing. Yeah, I mean, could that be possible? I mean, you know, we there, should, there we are should, other things that We should call this Nico's capacitor theory. <laughs> so, well, then there's the other thing is, is if, they're, if they're always talking about the poltergeist being equal to demon type things, you know, think about the, uh, you know, 90 pound girl that takes six or, you know, five or six guys to hold down during a, you know, exorcism or whatnot, you know, the physical force is way beyond their human abilities. Mm -hmm. You know, it, what does that come from? Where does that force? That amount of force could move heavy objects, obviously. Yeah. But, which goes back to Nico's idea, yeah, which is, you know, in, in spurts you could do it, but you couldn't do it indefinitely. Yeah, you Correct. Yeah. So, um, and could you aim it? Well, you know what I mean? Like you said, Shannon, if you were really focused. Yeah, you might not be able to focus it. It would just be something that happens, or you might not even know you're doing it. Yeah. It's kind of like my rambling thoughts. <laughs> I can't focus them, but it just happens. <laughs> Every now and then, it's, there's a big one comes out, and then the rest <laughs> is just rubbish. Um, See, we should, we should hook the random number generator to John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you scored 2.5 out of 10. <laughs> Yes. Oh, no, it just changed. 2.7. Well done. So, <laughs> and, you know, I poltergeist to me, you know, the reason I kind of wanted to talk about at least on one show is, like I say, there should be more of them just by definition. They're loud, they're attentive, so they should be noticed more than subtle hauntings. And there aren't. You know, and that kind of always that always pisses me off because I want I want to go somewhere where there, there is one, but um, I don't know. Let's see. Um, so Dave says that he's published a paper that included two case studies in which we asked a poltergeist agent to influence a random number generator. They did not have any impact when focused on it, but when they stopped and went about other things, it deviates from randomness. So. I guess yeah, yeah, that was the case I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So if um, so, it's not constant. So it, it, if it's a product of the subconscious mind, you know, which fits into the adolescent kid, you know, and and triggers and stuff like that. So here's the thing: I wonder if ghosts have a subconscious. I mean, if your subconscious, they could, I guess. Well, no, I mean, if if the subconscious is part of your makeup of what makes you then if you do keep all your faculties when you die would you not have a subconscious and, sure. a, and, and an ego and a you know and an id and sure. a, you know all of those things well, that make up what we and are here's another if you wanted to dive into quantum mechanics and quantum physics you know there's a large population of scientists that actually talk about you know until something's observed, it doesn't exist in the quantum world, and that by the observers themselves are what bring the world into reality, 
if your mind is creating the reality and something flies across the room because you're upset, you might have actually created that real event and following quantum physics to do it. Yeah, because most things are in a state saying, of you know, unless, unless you, your mind is creating the reality because you're the observer and if you observe a book flying across the room, it will you know, theoretically fly across the room because it didn't exist before you thought about it. You know, that's just a theory that they've been running on. There's a, a fair number of people that, that talk about that. Yeah, I, I don't know if you'll... I don't know if you'll create it. Because if... I mean, basically, um, a thing is in flux. It's either or, either or, either or. And then once it gets measured, it's one of those things when you measure it. So do you have control of... What it's gonna is it gonna be plus or minus? You have control of it when you measure it. I, I don't know if you're creating it, but you are causing it to be true. Or are these things defects in the way that you know the mechanical defects in a way? I mean, nothing's perfect. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, there's too many questions. My head hurts. Yeah, this topic got deep quick. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's how it goes. I mean, because it, it goes. There's so many subtopics. <laughs> it, you know. I mean, well, that's why we go on the rabbit hole. Yeah, and, and the thing is, the, po the poltergeist, because it's an extreme, then we're going to get that kind of rabbit hole. You know, when, when you're talking about something meh, then the rabbit hole doesn't go as deep usually. But, you know, poltergeist to me have always been the extreme, the definition yeah. of, of, you know, a haunted house. Door slamming. Yeah, agreed. Same for me. You know, so... I just wish I would see more things to, uh, you know, boost my enthusiasm. And it's like... I get it. You do. I, 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 I feel like I'm churning now, kind yep, of. Yep, doing the same thing over and over, chasing your tail. I, see, I get is it. that too? Can that kind of be the subtleties? I mean, one of the last investigations we did, we had something sound like it punked on the microphone. Yep. Um, you know, is that, that's physical activity. That's like pinching, biting, flicking. Sure. You know, we've had uh, sensor board activity when Adam thought he had his ear flicked. I've had my hand touched. You've had your elbow poked. So yeah, it's not like books flying across the room, but that's physical interaction. It is, but I think what Shane means is is that it's it's so rare that usually a lot of times, unless you're hyping yourself up and doing the experiencing thing, which is fine, um, but if you're actually going to investigate, you kind of want to get a clue, you know, get something. And a lot of times, yeah, you something go, to start with. Yeah, but a lot of times you go and you really don't get anything, you know. But yeah. you have to go to a lot of places to get that one and I was calling one percenters you have to do a lot of things to, to get that one thing where you're like ah hang on a minute no this one really was out there uh, and you and that and that kind of sparks you again but the more you do it at least for me the more you do it the more I kind of have that second thought that comes straight after the first one that says ah I'm not going to get that again for at least another 15 ghost hunts or whatever you know it's like ah. yeah. that's what kind of got me like when you brought up this topic I started actually thinking about all the stuff that we've kind of built up over the years now. And I was like, and that actually is a lot for one group. That's just us. Yeah. There's uh, and, you know, kind of, yeah, that's true. And then the frustrating thing is, is, you know, if you go to a spot that's, you know, supposed to be famously haunted and you spend 10 hours there and you don't get jack crap. <laughs> and then when people come to you, they're like, well, what all kind of cool things do you got? How many, you know, how many 
demons showed up and I mean all the stuff and they're, I mean they're like they're amazed that you don't have anything and then they just kind of give you that blank stare of like what do you mean it's the most haunted place in the whole earth Been there. how did you not get it do you, do you what I've started to almost take personally is that I go places like that and everybody's had these massive adventures and these things happen and all these things have happened to them and then I go there and I get Jack. What and I'm about like, me? What's, what's wrong with me? What, what about me? What, is it me? Is so it, what is, we need to do, I figured out, for me. we need to kidnap <laughs> those people, take them there, tie them to a chair and make them make all this stuff happen so we can see it too. I mean, you guys yeah. got dark tonight. You're, you're like selling children right. to science. No, that's fine. I got, I, people in I, got, I got my duct, duct tape and knife kit in the car. I'm good. We can do that anytime. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, and Shay says it doesn't happen on demand. That's true. Um, well, and it seems to be females get more activity on hunts than ours. I mean, remember when we had pub. the dildos of doing them? Sarah could make those things go off, and we could talk to them until we turn purple and nothing would happen. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. And she could almost do it on command. <laughs> I get up. I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a subconscious thing. I mean, they look like dildos. We just said it's the subconscious that sets it off. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I have, uh, I, I, like Shane said, and I know a couple of other people feel the same way, though, is... You know, unless you psych yourself up and are prepared to, um, let's say, experience everything that goes on and, and put it in that niche of paranormal and then you come away all happy. Um, but if you're actually really looking, digging, um, you know, then I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I only kind of realized this the other night, last time we went to the Granger House. The reason I use the spirit box as much as I do, not because I think that it's definitely otherworldly voices and I need to find out as much as I can, but it's because there's bugger all else to do when I'm there. I've set my stuff up, you know, I, we have a couple of experiments that we do, and then what do you do? I mean, I, I'd like to be proactive. It's hard for me, unless I'm getting tired later on, then I just leave the stuff and say, all right, you know, but when I'm actually there and want to do something, I mean, what, what do you, you know, there's... Probably my yeah. lack of imagination, but... No, it's you know. tough. You have to have stuff to go off of. Yeah. And, and you only get so much time and so many occurrences in one night. Like, you know, you just... I mean, if this Maybe is what we did full time, how cool would it Maybe be to do just... Ranger all week? <laughs> Sorry, Shane. Go. Yeah, maybe we just need to go there, set up the sensor board, you know, find a good bed to take a nap on and just sleep until 7 a.m., take the data home, and go see what you got. Me talking in my sleep, probably. <laughs> yeah, Nico snoring. Yeah, but that would keep it fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you said, there's nothing to do sometimes. I mean, once the sensors are running, you got to be quiet. You can't move. You can't do anything, or it shows up on the sensor board. You know. So, you know, especially now that our boards are getting so sensitive. I mean, just walking outside the room can show up on half a dozen sensors. Yeah. So, I, but, I mean, that's what they're designed for. But, you know. Yeah. So, I, I guess, you know, coming back and we're going to close up now because we've been napping on forever, but um, 
I guess really circling back to the, the point of the show, which is Poltergeist, is, you know, the, that's what would kick it all off again. If you were headed somewhere and you got hopes, I mean, in your face, activity, you know, like some people report, and, you know, your, your zest for ghost hunting would then hit 100% and stay at that level for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. You know, and Correct. and that kind of thing. So, and we wouldn't, you know, the sensible readings would be good, but I wouldn't need them to say we got something because I know we got something. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So maybe we, maybe we need a teenager on our team and just get them oh, all hell riled no. up. Oh hell no! <laughs> just screw with them. Oh no! I'd, I'd rather bad. eject battery acid into one of my eyeballs. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we got Poltergeist activity, number one, you know, we would have some, we could write a good long paper. It would probably be coming from me if we, science <laughs> teenagers pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll just get John all riled up. Let's go over there and, hey, that's, you know, that's, we'll, show, we'll show videos of users doing dumb things on computers and stuff. Oh, that's <laughs> see, and that's, just yeah. just yeah, that's forcing to watch it. That's my normal state no of mind. Come off the <laughs> I'm, I'm usually angry all the time anyway. It's just under the surface. <laughs> it's, it's just, just a little thing. I'm like, Get education. Because only one percent of the people on the earth have enough brain power to do it. That's me. Yeah. No wonder nothing happens where I go. Oh, <laughs> Who's that? I mean, <coughs> I don't know. I, I mean, let's quit while we're ahead. Well, have we ever been ahead, really? Though <laughs> tonight went quick, man. I didn't realize we were over time already. We feel, oh, yeah. we feel, we feel like we're in front. It's just because we've been lapped. <laughs> so, <laughs> alrighty. Well, um, we're gonna wrap it up, and uh, I, I appreciate everybody uh, listening and joining in. And uh, as usual, I'll go around the table. Any last thoughts, Shane? Before we go? Nope. I think I've drained the the brain for tonight. Alrighty. Um, for me, I think the important thing to take away from this episode is. Poltergeist is not always demon. Don't just go there. Kind of think about what else it could be and why it could be. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I will... Alright, my last words then, follow yours up, is Poltergeist probably is never demon because I don't think... You're, you're pointing... Somebody. I agree. You're veneering it. So... I agree. Uh, um, now we're going to go on for another half hour. No, I'm sorry. I'll, no, I won't run. <laughs> I'm good. So, told you though. I'm always angry. Um... <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, thank you all for listening and hope you enjoyed it or got something out of it. And uh, the only thing left to do now is go out, find a ghost, bring me some evidence. Or poltergeist. Or poltergeist, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's easy to bring evidence from, though, if, if it's real. So. Not if you don't have enough brain power. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go now. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>